We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Welcome to the Totally Worth a Podcast. This is episode number 16. I'm one of your co-hosts, John Gayhart, and I'm sitting with my homegirl, Amy G. What up, what up? And Amy G. Yes. Things are, f- all is right in the world because football has officially started. Yes. I wasn't sure if we were going to make it here, and it is such a big deal for our family. Yeah. For a few different reasons. Reason number one, our son, Jack. Plays football. Yes. He's a sophomore. He is going to be on the JV this year. And he had his first scrimmage last night. Yes. It was so good to sit out there. Oh my gosh. Just to be in the stands watching one of our guys play and his buddies. And it just started to feel normal. Started to feel right. And I'll tell you this. I kind of like the social distancing thing, the football game. (laughs) It's not too bad. I don't like people to sit up on top of me. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, give me space out. Decreases the amount of people who can hear you. Whatever. And and that turn around and look bad at me. Whatever. No, just kidding. You've been good. Uh, Thank you. He has a real game next week, so that's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) But not only that, we are such diehard Cowboy fans. Yes. And we love the NFL, and we'll watch a lot of games just as a family mm-hmm. if it's on. But Cowboys is one of – it's a special time for our family. We schedule things around the games. And a lot of it has to do with Amy and I can get that kind of time together, you know, quite often watching something. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the thing that Jack stops down for It's as the well. only thing I think he'll watch over 10 minutes long. Yeah. Because he just can't sit and, still. And he's so excited about it. And we look forward to it all day. And we sit, we plan our meals around it. Yeah. We sit there as a family, even Slater's in and out. And he's yes. taking a little <laughs> bit of an interest in, on how they're doing. But it's just such a cool event. And just to think that we've only got a few years left of that. Now, that's something that <laughs> I can see Jack, you know, we'll always yes. be able to watch games together. But there's going to be a few years where... He's not going to be around and we're going to miss it. So we love it. Yes. So we football do. season is back. And I tell you, yeah. So there weren't. When are you Minnesota all of a sudden? I tell you, hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> um, watching the game, it wasn't that different. Right. I mean, there weren't fans in the stands. There weren't fans in the stands, but it really didn't. It didn't matter to us. I bet it was way different for the players. But, I bet it was. Yeah. I bet it was. But, you know, baseball looks totally different. Yes. Basketball looks very different. But this didn't seem so bad. It didn't seem so bad. So, Amy G, we have an awesome episode today. Yes, we do. We have an interview with Ali Lozano. Yes. Which is, oh my gosh. Uh, we'll introduce her she and talk about on, what it, that's about later. She's on fire. Yeah. You got to stick around for that conversation with Ali. Um, but we've got some fun things to talk about. Yeah. So before we get into it, let's give a shout out to our podcast sponsor. 
Real paper is life-changing toilet paper that is tree-free and made from 100% bamboo with home delivery straight to your doorstep. Never run out of toilet paper again as you choose how often you want them to deliver and shipping is free. Did you know that there are 2.4 billion people with no access to a toilet? Every roll purchased from Real helps support their mission to provide access to clean toilets to those in need around the world while also giving American households a way to reduce their carbon footprint. Our listeners can get 25% off of your first order by using the coupon code TOTALLYWORTHIT. That's all one word and all lowercase. Order today at realpaper.com. Real paper. Do good. Feel good. So, Amy G., what's the next segment called? See, what had happened was... All right. What'd you bring this week? Well, so, I have a really cool story. Two years ago, a woman from Kentucky... Her husband had just passed away. Okay, so her and her kids. Not, that's not a cool story yet, but I know well, it's, it's coming. Hold tight. Okay. Um, so this woman and her kids went down to Daytona Beach just after the funeral, just to get away, stuff like that. She took some of her husband's ashes because she was going to spread them in the ocean. Well, she put some in a bottle and put a picture of him and put a letter in it and sealed it and, you know, threw it out there. So on August 31st, two years later, a family in Carballo, Carballo, Spain, found it. Really? It made it from Florida to Spain. Florida to Spain in two years. And called Mary, who lives in Kentucky, and she said it just touched her heart. Like, just that. She did that because he had always wanted to travel the world. And so that was his her way of kind of making that happen. So he traveled all the way to Spain. That is cool. Isn't that a cool story? That is so cool. You would never imagine a bottle like that. Yeah, but if you opened a bottle and some dude's ashes fell out on your hands, Mm. what would you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Or did you think about it that way? I didn't think about it because I'm not sure I've opened that bottle to begin with. What? I would be bringing it to somebody. Oh, you're such a weenie. (laughs) Yeah, that would be... but. If I, once I realized that it was the ashes, it would go from like mysterious to not very cool, and then ultimately it would turn cool because it's a great story. It is a great story. So two years, I you know that message in a bottle thing I think is always fascinating. That's crazy. You don't ever think that it actually happens. Yeah. You, I mean, but bo- two years that seems pretty quick to me. I think it does. That does seem quick. You know, to go two years. I mean, it takes a ship like a month. <laughs> It does not take a ship a month to get from Florida to Spain. What ship are you on? Three weeks. The Mayflower? (laughs) You need to upgrade your traveling. That's pretty good uh, efficient travel for that bottle. (laughs) Okay, here's another fun story. Okay. Okay, so you know people buy scratch-offs to like give us stocking stuffers or maybe like teacher appreciation gifts, something, you know, just a little something extra in someone's birthday card, something like this. Well, this woman in Australia received one of those lottery tickets. In a bottle? Dude, stay with me. Stay (laughs) with me. It wasn't, it wasn't a scratch off. Someone just bought like a quick pick. That's what we call them here in Texas, where you just say, give me six numbers. Okay. It was a winning lottery ticket. $2.9 $2.9 million. You are kidding. Okay. But here's the good news. I need more details. Here's the good news. Her husband bought it for her. So luckily, she was able to, you know, they can split it. But how would you feel if you bought someone a lottery ticket 
and it hit $2.9 million. So she received it as a gift. Yes. From her husband. For her birthday. For yeah. her birthday. Yeah. How- it says, my hubby gave me this tick this ticket as a birthday present. We don't play that often, but on a whim, he went into the store and got me this ticket. He must have been in the right place at the right time. Do you think, because surely that wasn't her only present, right? It it, it better not have been. There's no, uh, that, that can't be her only present. So do you think that whenever it was a winner that he took the other presents back? Whatever. But here's save, the- Because you got to save those because you can't give $2.9 million plus a new vase and well first of all a new vase what do you get for a birthday not a new vase new car new car you can't oh fancy (laughs) you can't give i can't wait till december (laughs) you can't give 2.9 million dollars plus a spa package no i'd be taking the spa package back and i'd be saying we're gonna hold on to this okay but here's the funny thing so i guess in australia father's day is a different day okay so it was like Father's Day was the next week. So she handed it back to him and said, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> so he didn't know till then? Or did he know? No, he knew. He knew. No, he knew. She's saying, here's your half? Yes. For Father's Day? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh-huh. He better so, have taken that spa package back. I promise. Mm-mm. So anyways, she's renovating her kitchen. That's what she says she's going to do with it. So there you go. And maybe go on a holiday. <laughs> That's wow. what they call it down there, you know? Okay, my last fun story. Okay, let's hear it. In California, there is a diver who takes like daily plunges into this river. Plunges, dives, plunges, whatever dives. you call it. Where does it look? It's the American River. Where in Calif- California. Okay. The American River. That's very generic. Are you sure? Where's the story from? Are we sure there's a, an American River? California, speak up. Is there a river called the American River? I, I bet there is. Did you get this off Facebook? No, Jen. Okay. So anyways, he said on this day, so this guy, I guess, dives for things. And then he has a Facebook page where he posts like missing items, right? Okay. So on September 1st, he was diving and he found a prosthetic leg. You're kidding. But here's the cool thing. He was able to get it back to the owner on this Facebook site. The guy said he came down right away to pick it up. He was very, 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 very thankful. He just went on and on about how he needed it to get back to work. Well, I said the man told him the leg would have cost him $15,000 to replace. So. Do we know how long he was without his leg? I don't know how long he was without his leg, but. Did he lose it in the swim yesterday or has he been without it for five <laughs> that's years? That's not in this story. But Bly, Carl Bly, this guy said, if you're bringing something valuable to the river, to the American river, make sure it floats. Wow. Yeah. So, because those things. $15,000 even for a prosthetic leg is cheap. Those things are stinking expensive. So home dude is swimming in the American River. I, who knows if his, he's swimming? And his leg comes off. Yeah. And I'm sure he looked for it for a long time. But he, he didn't have this guy as the professional plunger. Plunger. Diver. I doubt he was swimming with his prosthetic leg on. I'm sure maybe. He fell out of the boat. It fell out of the boat. Somebody threw it overboard. He as may a not. Prank? He may not have been doing water sports. Maybe he was just like camping. Camping. And lost it. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad he got it back. I'm very interested to know how long he was without it. I don't know this. This article does not say. Wow. Well, good. That's a. I mean, I'm. That's good that they the Facebook 
the, that the Facebook was able to connect. It wasn't Facebook. Oh, the Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were telling me that. The Facebook helped connect the guy with the, with the prosthetic. So here's an update. Okay. The American River is a 30-mile-long river in California that runs from the Sierra Nevada mountain range to its confluence with the Sacramento River. Okay. Okay? So cool. there you go. American River. It's a real deal holy field. It sure is. Yeah. What you got? Well, what I found this week, I go. I went to my usual news source called Twitter. <laughs> You're what's wrong with the world. <laughs> Do you know that? And one of the, uh, one of the trending articles that was there was how the lack of vacation planning is a problem for people right now. And this hits home for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I always say, you know, as I've traveled for so long, I know that one way to keep you happy and mm -hmm. to keep you excited is yes. to have a trip on the books. Yeah. We don't have anything on the books. We don't right have now. anything in the books. And we normally do it way in advance. So we'll put something on the book, like a big trip. We'll yeah. put Maui on the books. It'll be on the books for Wait nine minute. months. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And for that nine months, it's not that I can get away with anything because I don't try to get away with stuff. But I know <laughs> that any time I'm out of town for an extended period of time or we're in a busy season, yeah. you on your in the back of your mind know that you've got Maui coming yes, up. Yes, I need to, to have that to on my for. horizon. And I'm, I actually was reading that that's a real thing mm. that a lot of people count on. And it almost creates some unhealthiness not being able to have that right now. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to read a quote from the article. It says, it turns out that disappointment about canceled trips goes beyond feeling sad. For many, travel and anticipating travel is a type of self-care. Mm -hmm. We tend to use something to look forward to as part of our self-care routine. Yep. And we don't have that. I do that a lot. Yeah, we do that all the time. It's a mm -hmm. big thing for us. I mean, we were just talking about on last week's episode how we did a weekend getaway. But it's also true for like football season. So we were waiting for football season, you know, yeah. so stuff like that. And not knowing and almost yeah. a little bit of stress of, is there going to be football or is there not? Sounds crazy, but when it's one of our favorite things, yeah. you know, people. That's tough. Yeah. I can, I can see that because we need to get something on the books. Well, Maui is on the books. It just has to reopen. We Come on, Maui. If you're in Maui, could you go talk to. Yeah. I know. I confirmed that they're still not open, by the way. <sighs> one day. I've got another story. So for all of us 90s, people who grew up in the 90s, yes. or 90s was a big part, one of our favorite shows was Fresh Prince. <gasps> I saw this story. Yes. I saw so it. So check this yeah. out. I'm reading this right now. Airbnb and Fresh Prince star Will Smith have teamed, teamed up to rent out the famous abode featured on the series in conjunction with the show's recent 30th anniversary. Yeah. Is that what you saw? I saw That it. you can Airbnb it? and It's and, cheap. Well, it's all booked because they put it, they put all these nights for $30 a yeah, night. Yeah, $30 a night. And I then, of course, it. you click on it and it's all booked up. Yeah. But here's what you get the kitchen is off limits at the house, and we all know the house. But so it's just the outside of the house, it's not the actual set. Like it's, it's the set, it's the house. Here, let me read this. Okay. Here's what you get according to the listing, the rental includes Will's bedroom, a full bathroom, the pool area, an outdoor lounge. And the dining room. There are also several perks listed, like playing basketball in the bedroom, the bedroom that Will Smith used to play basketball in, trying your hand at some turntables, a la Jazzy Jeff, and access to the closet, which promises to be full of Argyle, Prepster, and all-star athlete looks. Hmm. K 
kitchen off limits. Okay, so what I I have a question about this because okay. the on the story that I read that it was like because just like the Golden Girls house that just sold, mm -hmm. right? That's just the exterior of the house that they showed right. on the intro, right? Yep. So that's the same for this house. They just created one of the bedrooms and stuff to look like. The video is not actually happening in that house. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying the the show was not filmed in Inside that, house. that house. Okay. Right. That's a set. But I read that they created it to look like okay. everything. So, so it is the house. Yes. It's the exterior. When you go in, you've got a bedroom that looks like Will Smith's Yes. Bedroom. Yes. It. But... It's not where it was filmed. So, but it would still be like awesome. It, yeah. It would be like we, one of the coolest. I'd do it. Oh yeah, heck yeah. Were you looking so that you could see if you could book it? No. So that we could have something on the horizon. No, but oh, it, it did tie in. By the time I read it, it was all booked up. But it said yes, That's it's fun. all been booked up for thirty dollars a night. Yeah, when I saw thirty dollars a night, I was like, mm. <laughs> maybe this isn't the real. Maybe, maybe this isn't legit. Yeah. That's cool. That would be fun. I know. It would be super fun. All right, Amy, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? Okay, so this is going to start out funny, and then it's going to go into something a little bit deep. So we have all sorts of Slaterisms. We can talk about things that Slater said all day long. I think I know where you're headed. Yeah, so this past weekend, I think it was Sunday night, we're sitting, and normally our deep conversations happen over dinner. And we're eating dinner and something comes up about Mabry having a kid. Yeah. And Slater says, man, if Mabry had a kid and it was another Mabry, we, that would really be hard. We'd, mm. we'd have a tough time. Yeah. And we all kind of. He said, we'd have our hands full. <laughs> we'd have our hands full. That's and what I'm he like, said. Are your You're hands right. really full? That's hmm. right. And so we laughed for a minute and then we said, well, you don't have to worry about Mabry having a kid. That's not going to happen. And he and he said, and I'm not going to say the boy's name, but there's a boy that she's grown up with in the same yeah. class who's a close friend. And Slater said, well, if we put Mabry and this boy in a room by themselves for a little while, then who knows what would happen? Oh, boy. And we're, we just, everybody's <laughs> eyes, eyes got big. Our eyes got huge. Jack was like, uh, did you have the talk with him? I have not had the talk with him yet. But I haven't had any talk with Slater yet, and he knows everything. Yeah, so we might need to put and, that on the sooner than later. Yes, and the whole conversation just stopped down. I mean, it like, was like a record player. Squeegee. It was. I'm like, Jack, did he find those books that I left for you <laughs> <laughs> to read years ago? Oh, my. So, yes, that's a funny thing. But I don't know the answer to this, Amy. So I'm going to actually ask you so that you can answer. You've okay. told me a little bit about it, so I have an idea. But I think that there's other families that might be listening that are interested or people that are just interested in general. We haven't gone through any protective measures no. yet for Mabry to not be pregnant. Mm -hmm. We've talked about on the show how we have fears of sexual predators, right. that kind of thing. So what is our plan? What are our options? So birth control is our option right now. Um, yeah, with a pill? Is a that pill or a shot okay. or an IUD. Um, so I, I don't really know. We haven't been here long enough to kind of see our next step. Um, but obviously, you know, it would be us preparing 
for something really bad happening. You know, this isn't, Mabry's not going to go out and get pregnant because she wants to get pregnant right. or she wants to have sex with somebody. That's not going to happen. Um, but it could be where she is assaulted or something like that. And we do need to take, you know, protective measures against that. Um, because it just wouldn't be in Mabry's best interest, um, or ours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are as far as, I mean, we can start her on birth control or implant the IUD or give her the Deprivera shots. Um, we just need to get there. You've told, you've mentioned something to me about options for her to be able to have a hysterectomy. Yeah, it would be, I think the laws don't prohibit it. So laws don't prohibit, they don't allow it? I don't think they allow it if it's not like medically necessary. Really? Because that would be a choice. Okay. Um, what I had learned previously is that since they're not able to say, yes, that's what I want to do, then that it can't happen. Right now but, we're going through a But guardian. we're learning all sorts of stuff. So things might have changed since... You know, we had that information. And we're going through the guardianship pro process right now uh -huh. because she's going to turn 18 soon to where we make, that's identifying. She can't make her own medical choices. Right. We're going to make those for her. Does that play a part? It might. I, I don't know. I would really have to research that a little bit further. But I know I was frustrated at a time because we couldn't do that because she couldn't say, yes, this is what I want to do. At the same time, she wouldn't be able to say yes I'd like to have sex with you. <laughs> and I'd like to have a kid. Yeah, or I'd like to have a kid. You know, so, um, you know, she can't consent to that. So why would she be able to consent to have a hysterectomy? You know, absolutely, I'd love to do that and just call it a day so we didn't have to deal with all sorts of stuff. Um, but no, we'll have to look into that for sure. And soon, because you just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. Okay. What not, do you have? not bad. Um, so Jack's doing defensive driving right now. Beating. Not defensive driving. Oh, what's it called? Driver's ed. Oh, driver's ed. Defensive driving. That comes later. That's in a, another few yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. After he, he gets, gets a, a ticket. ticket. He won't get a ticket. But so you've been doing the majority of it. But um, so he's doing really good. Um, he turned 15 in April. And so that means he would get his license next April. Um, but we're filling out an application for him to get a hardship license. Yeah. This is going to be a game changer. If we get it. Yeah. I'm, my bedtime is going to move to 730. <laughs> yeah, that's your goal in life. Just to get to bed earlier and earlier and earlier. No. So this will be a huge game changer for us because, you know, if we need to do something now, Jack can drive her around for an hour while we record a podcast or something like that. Um, but I mean, even if the hardship is rejected, which I don't think it will be, um, it'll still be a game changer come next April. Yeah. When he's driving her around, which is awesome. We're a few months behind because we, we wanted to get his hardship as soon as we could after yeah. he turned 15, everything shut down for the DPS for right. COVID. And there was appointments are two to three months out. So we're, we're a few months behind, but it's like, it's almost here. We even talked about last night, he had his football scrimmage. Yeah. And then he has to ride the bus home right. before I we was, can go pick I him up. I was sitting at the school at 11.15. Yeah, we, we got home at 7. Mm -hmm. we no, won we did not get home at 7. 7.30, 8 o'clock. Okay. We could have gone to bed whenever. Yeah. 
but you had to go pick him up at the school at 11. And, and, and I said, Hey, week after next, we may just leave the truck up at the school uh, and he can drive himself home. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be, be nice. A, that will be a game changer. That will be a game changer. So even if the hardship license doesn't happen, which there's no reason it shouldn't, Avery's neurologist wrote a letter, you know, stating that, yes, this would totally be beneficial for our family. But even if it doesn't happen, at least next April, we know it will for sure happen. Yeah, so. because, but you're right. It's, I'm thinking of just things that we take Jack to all the time. But any like now it's Friday afternoon. Between now and this evening, you and I are going to map out what our Saturday and Sunday looks like. Yeah. And who's driving Maybury for what periods yeah. of time. Yeah. Because that's what we do all weekend. You take her for this hour. I'll take her for these two hours. I take her for this hour. And then we'll meet back together when she goes to sleep. <laughs> and then we'll pass out. <laughs> yeah. And and so now being able to sign Jack up for, hey, tomorrow morning from 9 to 11, you're driving Mabes. You're driving Mabes. Yeah. Yep. And yes, we um, accept gas cards. <laughs> you can send them to Mabry at, I'm just teasing, but yes, we use a lot of gas in this family. Yeah, because she just wants to ride. She just wants to go. And it's not that, we're not doing it so that we don't have to spend time with her or that we don't, that, so we don't have to deal with her. That's not it. It's because she's happy. That's what she wants to do. That's what she wants to do. And if she's not doing that, then she's unhappy. And so that's what we want to avoid, right? Yes, there are other things that we could do to make her happy, but she can't ride a horse all day. She can't ride in a boat all day, but she can ride in a car for a lot of the day. So it makes her happy. Yeah. When we're sitting on the couch, she's asking to go in the car. Right. Or she's got her timer set to the next time she gets to go in the car. Yeah. So it's what we do. That's right. Yeah. People that know us and want to, Love on us well. They come by and pick her up. They do. Take her for a, take <laughs> Especially her for a if you have a trailer, that makes her very happy. Pull a trailer. Pull a trailer when you come. Yep. It'll be perfect. Amy G, what you digging this week? You know what? And I think I just told you this the other day. I am digging Canva. You did tell it. Didn't, did you say it on this podcast? No, I said it to you when oh, I was. Oh, you said it to me. Yeah. Yeah. So Canva is, what do you call it? An app? It's or an app. An app. Um, that just lets you design really cool stuff and you don't have to have an art degree or a marketing degree or anything like that. They give you such great tools um, and it's free. And it seems like you pump out like five designs a day. I do. On different, whether it be blue sky stuff, podcast stuff, yeah, whatever just, it is. Yeah. So it's easy. It's super easy to use. Um, great templates. Um, it allows you to upload all your stuff. So yeah, I use it for blue sky a lot and that's what so there's Canva that's free, and then there's Canva Pro um, that has a little more of the options and stuff like that. And we have it because we're a nonprofit. Because they do Canva free. Pro to nonprofits for free? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really cool. It gives you good um, content for social media, um, for, you know, print materials and stuff like that, too. I love it. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Makes me happy. Canva is cool. So mine, what I'm digging is also an app, and oh. it's called Notability. Aaron introduced me to Notability. Okay. So if you use Apple Notes or whatever the notes are on your phone or whatever, um, it's a lot like that, but like on steroids. So <laughs> you can create new notes for every type of project, every type of conversation. And it's just very easy for you to type notes. And then you can draw notes. You can insert a picture. You can insert a graph. You can do It's very easy to maneuver and turn into different colors. Hmm. So 
whether I've put when it, like I could put a sermon on there and it really have everything that I need, copy and paste Bible verses, things like that. For what I do for work and I work on projects, I go into a project, I take a snapshot, I measure, I draw on the pictures and it keeps everything in a file. So you're using this on your iPad. I'm using it on my iPad, but it talks to the iPhone. So whatever I do on one, it goes on to the other. Right. But is it easy to use on your phone too? Yes, it's the same. But is it as easy? But obviously it's with it being bigger. Well, on the iPad, I have an Apple pen. Because I have to do a lot of drawing and sketching and drawings. Measuring. You yeah. have to do your drawings, and so I can't draw on the iPhone because the Apple Pen doesn't work. Yeah, right. you can do stuff with your finger. Yeah, but it's just it's a game changer, not nice. only for just my normal note taking, like for this podcast, but also projects that I work on and keeping them filed away. So some people use Evernote, some people use Apple Notes. This is the coolest one I've seen. Is Apple Notability. Notes just the yellow notebook? Yeah. Okay. I call it Apple Notes. Then I use Apple Notes. You use Apple Notes. I don't know. what If it came on my phone, that's what I use. That's yeah. Look at us talking about technology. So let's talk real quick about our guest interview. Yeah. Ali Lozano. Mm-hmm. Amy's going to introduce who she is, but I just want to state that this morning I was listening. Our interview with her was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I went back and listened to it this morning, and... I don't, maybe I was in a mood this morning. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I was like in tears for half of it. Johnny. It's so powerful. Yeah. And so why don't you introduce who she is? So Allie Lozano, um, I've known her for several, several years. She's a sophomore, I believe at Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes. Um, Her twin sister, Ashley, is a writer at Blue Sky. And that's how I know this family. And Um, Ashley has autism? Ashley has autism. Um, And so I thought that it would be a really cool um, spin on seeing the twins' perspective. We've talked to other siblings, but to have a twin um, that is so much alike, but yet so different, I thought it would be a really um, cool view to get. And then just to find out what her future plans are. I think it's going to be, it's really going to impact some folks. Yeah. Some things that you're going to hear in there are, she talks about being bullied in Mm -hmm. school um, because of her sister with disabilities. Right. She talks about being ashamed Mm -hmm. and now how she feels shame for the time that she felt ashamed and that regret Mm -hmm. and just the process of, you know, being a baby all the way through now their college age. And she, then she had to leave her twin sister at home for yeah. college. So all of these emotions and Ali is just so raw. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. Yeah. And a perspective that we just haven't heard a lot of. And everybody's really going to enjoy it. And don't forget, this is only um, a short interview that we put into this podcast. The full 45 minute interview is on our YouTube channel when you can go and you can see Ali. And you can just watch her passion and her heart. So go to the YouTube channel to, to watch the yeah, entire Yeah, it's really video. good. You're going to want to watch the whole thing. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ali Lozano. So tell us about you and Ashley's relationship. Um, like I said, twins are like next level. Do you and Ashley have that? From what I've seen from other people just growing up, other twins knowing that I've known growing up, she... We have a different type of bond. I would say we have more of a, like, we kind of have, like, twin telepathy. Like, we know when each other's in pain. It's really, really weird. But then we also, like, Ashley's not a very social person to me. So we don't really have that deep connection where, I, like, like, I can't, like, I can't go to her for all my problems. Like, 
most twins would be able to. One time I had, um, I had gotten hurt and I had to go to the hospital and my sister was in her babysitter's kitchen, literally talking to no one. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Allie, Allie, are you okay? And her, my babysitter was kind of freaked out. She's like, what is she talking about? She, there's no one there. And later on in the day, my, my mom had called babysitter saying, hey, Allie had to go to the hospital. And she's like, oh my gosh. Ashley was like talking to herself, but it was like she was talking to Allie when she wasn't even there. So it was just, it's a little freaky, but I think it's really cool. I know when you went away to college for the first time, Ashley had a really hard time. Um, I was with her many times after that, and it was hard. Um, What did you see during that time? Or what did you feel? Or what did you hear from your family, I guess? I just heard from my family, and I felt so bad. Um, They told me it was probably one of the worst experiences of her, like, like freaking out, like she's freaked out over people before in the past where she's like talking about friends that have left to go to college. But when it came to me, it was the worst my family's ever dealt with. Like it was 24 seven constant asking, where's Allie, where's Allie, where's Allie? Like, yeah. can I go to college? Like, why can't, like it was all those questions she was asking and it was over and over and over again. Like we give her an answer that wouldn't be good enough for her. Yeah. And I just feel so bad. Cause that was probably the heart, like me not being able to be there and, and give her that support and talk to her and just tell her like I'm here like I'm here for you not I'm not here physically but I'm here for you like you can call me anytime she chooses not to by the way but but like at that point she was it was just so bad and I remember it would my mom would call me and it would just be she would say it was so bad I felt I felt so bad because I think it just added a whole lot more stress just onto the family already than than there really needed to be I was thinking like college, I'd be able to go home a lot of weekends, but I turns out I wasn't. I have a lot of homework on the weekends. And like, that, that was my plan. I wanted to go home and visit her so that it wouldn't be as bad. I mean, I kind of had intuition. It might have it made it worse though. You know, yeah. the separation all over again, but she yeah. seems to be doing better now. Yes, she does. Yeah. She's uh, she currently in a group home now. We, we, were, we were lucky enough to find an opening for her to live in a group home. And that's what we call her college. So yeah, she, so, so Ashley got to go to college too. That's awesome. Yeah, We call it her college now. Holly, how long did it last of her really having a tough time with you gone to college? You know? So I left, I moved in early. I moved in three weeks early. So maybe like the middle of July, all the way up until probably January. Oh so, my gosh. So it was a six or seven month period. It wasn't, she was in a bad shape for a week or two. It was, yeah, it, was it was constant questions and constant anger. And it was just constant. Um, I guess, I mean, she was just really upset all the time and there was nothing you yeah. could do to change it. Like <laughs> I could, I would call her and I'd be like, Ashley, like I'm like, I'm here for you. Like you can call me anytime and maybe I'll come home this weekend and maybe I won't be able to, but like, I'm here for you. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. just even that wasn't reassuring enough for her to, to kind of understand, to, to kind of be like, oh, like, why can't I, like, why can't I go to college? And that was the number one thing I think that it, I don't think it was more of a separation anxiety. I think it, I think it, that had a part to play, but I think it was her feeling that she wasn't quote unquote, what we consider normal and that she wasn't able to go to college. Do you think that's the first time she's realized like you guys weren't here? 
Yeah, I think, well, I saw a little bit of it when I first started driving. Um, mm. She's like, I'm older than Allie. I'm 16 too. Why can't I drive? And, I was, and my mom had to explain to her because you can't drive. And she, my mom didn't really give her like an explanation why. She was just like, you just can't actually. But mm-hmm. that was like the first little, like she kind of got over that after like two or three days and was fine with me driving her around because she could just sit in the back and play on her iPad or whatever. Right. But like this was the most I've ever seen her so upset about not feeling accepted or not feeling like she's quote unquote normal you know I work with lots of people like Ashley and I deal with them saying oh I'm gonna get my own apartment or oh you know I I'm gonna learn how to drive when I'm this old you know without crushing their dreams like what's the best way for us to be realistic with them that's what's so because I don't want to tell them they can't do something but you know it's also from like a parent aspect. How do you, how do you tell your kid like you're you're not gonna be able to do that? Like that, I think that was the hardest thing on my mom personally was like, you're not gonna go to college. Like I'm really sorry, and you're not gonna be able to drive. Like that's things that most people that they see in their classes they see doing that, and they then they're like, well, why can't I do it? Because they have that mentality like you know what I'm like everyone else, and mm-hmm. like. I think it's really sad that we have to we have to break their hearts like that. It's the saddest thing. Ali, you mentioned earlier that you guys have this close, tight bond as twins, but probably not the same connection that a lot of twins share. Do you think that you are her person like most twins would have that person? Do you think that she feels that in you and you just can't necessarily give it back? I definitely do feel like I am her person. Like if she ever has a problem, she'll always, I mean, when, at least when I was at home, I mean, now that I'm not at home, she doesn't really talk to me as much as she used to, but she definitely relied on me for a lot of things for many years, whether that be making her food, make, uh, helping her in the shower, helping her, use, helping her use the bathroom. Like I, or even like if she had questions about friends at school, or just trying to understand kind of basic things like why why is this this way why is this that way and stuff like that not kind of like I mean I would say most twins kind of have like the relationship like not like like if they're dating people they kind of can go to them and be like that but she doesn't really have that so it's kind of more like trying to understand the world for her and I'm kind of that person that tries to explain to her how the world kind of works and how to yeah see yeah. it. y'all have a younger brother Nico also has Nico had to kind of pick up the slack a little bit um with the, with helping he didn't really take care of her for many years it was mainly just me and I was mainly Ashley's backbone for a lot of things but I think he's done a pretty good job with picking up from from where I left off and kind of actually being able to realize there's not just one person that she can go to now there's two as soon as he's going to be driving so hopefully he'll be able to I mean right now she can't really go out because of corona but um also, that's one thing that we used to do on the weekends. We would, me and her would go out and do stuff. I remember one summer before I had, or one summer when I first started working, I literally drove all over because we like to go to antique shops. We like to find like old little things. And me and Ashley would just go because she loved it. She loved going to antique shops and she she just loved riding with me and just doing, she liked, she liked to um, do the same things that I did because she liked to feel what she would consider normal. John and I will always, always, always say the two heroes in our books are special needs siblings and 
like teachers of special needs or those who choose to work with special needs, like, mm-hmm. because it's a choice for them. Yeah. Um, and so thank you. I mean, just thank you for being Ashley's backbone. Just like you said, it's, it's, it's important work. We see it in our boys. Um, and it's, it's not easy. And we know that. It definitely is. Like, I mean, I would say that there used to be a really big stigma with people with disabilities, just even 10 years ago. Right. Um, like I remember I was like in elementary school and I get made fun of for having a sister that was disabled. And I was in like, at the time I kind of didn't understand why they're making fun of me. And I mean, now I do because they're like, Oh, she's different. We don't like people that are different. But like, now I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Like, I embrace people that are different. Yeah. So. Ali, you've talked about this a little bit, but I want to know more about what Ashley is like and how you guys are alike, how you're different, the things that you like to do together. You mentioned antique shopping and things like that, but as far as twins go, how are you alike? How are you not alike? Give us some ideas of y'all's personalities. Um, She is a very extroverted person. And I am not. I am the complete opposite of her. Um, she will go up to anybody and talk to anyone and, like, have a full-on conversation. She's also that person that will not lie to you. Like, if something, if she, if she doesn't know her mind to tell you, she'll tell you. She will not sugarcoat it one bit. No filter. <laughs> no filter, no. I would definitely say that's, like, one of the biggest personality traits that we have that are very different is that she's very, very, very extroverted. And yeah. I definitely am not. I'm more of an introvert. I love staying in. I love being to myself. She, complete opposite. <laughs> um, another thing is something that's like we're really similar is we both enjoy like artistic avenues, which I have no idea how we both got this type of like like how we got creative because both our parents are not creative at all. So we both enjoy drawing. We both enjoy enjoy coloring and, and Ashley's drawings are amazing too she can draw she draws people mm-hmm. okay all of her people and they all look the same except for like the characteristics I have some of them at home and so we'll link them but I just think it's so amazing because really? they all have the same shape but then the glasses or the hair or the clothes or something small details yes and it's she's amazing and she can draw like 20 people and not move like she loves it we have to like move her out from drawing because it's such a calming thing for her yeah I remember when we were little maybe like six or seven years old we used to she used to just get angry and she didn't know how to express how or what was making her upset and we were going to like a speech therapist at this time to kind of help her with that because she would just say random words and then would get angry and well, maybe know that she's like really angry she started biting herself and one thing that I mean I was always like why is she like hurting herself and this makes sense and like apparently a lot of people in the autistic community or just disabled community in general it's um they do that for self-soothing it makes them feel better but now she can kind of take her like if she's angry she can go take herself away into a different situation and set herself down and start doing what makes her feel better is there a specific time you can think of that just sticks out to you of like almost maybe embarrassment or um, fear of not knowing how things were going to turn out? Anything like that? Yes. So my parents got divorced when we were about eight years old, and that really affected the way that Ashley was able to 
communicate how she felt about people and also like kind of how me leaving her college she has that social or that um separation anxiety um I, I really feel like that started from there when my parents got divorced and my dad wasn't around as much mm-hmm. um but when we had moved back to texas because we used to live in kentucky when we had moved back to texas we my mom was she was a single parent she was trying really hard to find somewhere that would accept ashley um as being someone with special needs. And it's really, really hard to find just even a daycare that will take someone with with special needs. Mm -hmm. And we went to our daycare that we had went to um, when we were really little before we had moved to Kentucky. And they took her. But the one time that we were only there for about a week and there was one time where Ashley, when when she used to get upset, she used to strip herself naked. And she stripped herself naked in the, in the, um, by the playground and they had to literally force everyone else to get back inside the building and try and calm her down. Like they would, like I was there. I was, I mean, I understand how she works and I was like, I can offer like my help to help her calm down. Cause I kind of know how to do that. And they didn't want to mm. want me being out there seeing that, but I was like, I'm kind of used to this, but um, and basically said that they can't have Ashley there anymore. And that was probably one of the, most I would say embarrassing things I mean she did some things in like middle school I mean someone has a sibling with special needs I kind of feel like just even 10 years ago how I said earlier that there was a stigma of people with disabilities I used to be like I'm gonna be real honest I used to be embarrassed of her all the time like why do I have to deal with this why do I have to have this burden on my life like it, it I mean it's not a burden but it, like why did I have to have why did this have to be my life you know sure yeah and I remember another another example of her being embarrassing is and just me being stupid and young and not understanding was um in middle school I was super I had we had just moved from Texas and we were coming to this new school and I was trying to make new friends and I didn't want anybody to know that she was my sister because you know, my school, I was bullied because she was my sister and I didn't want to be bullied and I wanted to try to find new friends and she would come to lunch with me because we had the same lunch and she'd come to lunch room and try to sit next to me and I didn't want her to sit next to me. I tell her I don't want her to sit next to me. I want her to leave me alone and to just go away. And, I, and that's, I look back on that now and I'm so ashamed because I, that what other people said about me and said about her affect how I treated her and I, I completely regret ever doing that but I feel like with a lot of special needs people or a lot of special needs siblings they kind of go through that because I mean they were bullied or I mean mm-hmm. I know some people that were bullied because their sibling was special needs because they had extra responsibility that they had to do yeah like I I used to not be able to go out with my friends and they wouldn't understand why like why mm-hmm. can't you come to my birthday party I said well because I have to take care of my sister this day like like, I'm sorry, I really wish I could come, but I have other things I have going on. And that's probably when I started realizing, like, probably, like, seventh and eighth grade when I started realizing, you know what? Family before anything else. I love that, Allie, really. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, John and I can see that our boys have done stupid things, I'm sure, you know. Um, but you guys are going to be the most amazing adults, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and Allie, I, I bet that's something that every sibling goes through. It's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of because childhood is hard anyway. Yeah. I mean, for, for everybody, childhood is hard and you're trying to figure out your way. And so um, I, I remember, you know, a, a season watching Jack go through a season like that, where he went from Mr. Protective 
to I'm not sure maybe I should be embarrassed back to the loving brother that he is. Mm-hmm. I've got to believe that's something that every sibling goes through. So I think that there's people listening that need to hear that. So thank you for sharing because it's not anything to be ashamed of. I think it's a part of reality that every family probably deals with. And, you know, no, there's no training on how to be a parent and there's sure no training on how to be a a child. Mm -mm. What do you hope for Ashley's future? Like, do you, um, do you ever see her leaving the group home? Do you ever see her getting a job? Do you, what, what are, what would be your dreams for her? So for all those questions, yes. I <laughs> envision that she will be able to leave that group home. I envision that she'll be able to get a job. Um, I envision that she'll be able to just feel like a quote unquote normal person that she deserves that she gets to, like she deserves to feel like. Yeah. I, I, and just like you in the past five years, companies are starting to hire people with disabilities. There's a Whataburger right by my house or right by where I work. I mean, um, where this girl with, with Down syndrome, she works and she does an excellent job. She's never messed up my order once. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what? It's like these people can do the same things that we can do. And like I worked with a guy who actually he worked with me at Kroger. He doesn't work at Sam Kroger anymore. He works at a uh, different Kroger now, but he has autism. He's on the spectrum. He's not as a. Uh, low functioning is Ashley, but he is definitely high functioning. And he went to college. He got a whole degree in, in meteorology. Like he was able to do that. Wow. He went to OU. He went to OU. He has a job. He's making money. He's successful. I don't think he knows how to drive, but he went to college and got a degree and has a job. Like, I just, like, I just feel like we put at, we as we as society have put, this label on them that they can't do anything to Mm. contribute to society. And it's completely wrong. Like they can contribute just as much as a lot of other people can. They have different, just the way they think can bring different, like they can bring different things to the table. Like Mm. they think so outside the box that they can bring new ideas to things. And I like, I imagine in, I say in about 20, 30 years, maybe less than that, I imagine Ashley having a job, having her own place to live, and, it's, and she's able to live in it and not really have a whole lot of help. My goal in life has to do with everything that has to do with Ashley. Um, my goal in life is to build sustainable, affordable homes for people with disabilities. I mean, there's homes for people with disabilities, but they're not affordable. Mm-hmm. But that's my goal. I like The whole reason I'm in college, like I've told my, uh, I have a mentor here who's a professor of architecture here. She, I told her, um, my plan. She's like, I think you're going to be able to do it. I really do. There's a need for it. And I mean, not that I want to make a whole lot of money off that. I really want it to be a nonprofit. Um, Cause I don't think that you should profit off of people being vulnerable and not being able to, to afford that. I just want to see people accept them, have, have, let them have a place for them to be able to be themselves and be able to live sustainably and kind of on their own to where they can kind of Feel that they have their own, like they're a grown up, like yeah. that, like how their siblings are, and I mean that's my goal in the future. I really want to, I want to make one in Dallas, affordable, home for people with disabilities. Um, Could you um, reserve maybe a spot? That'd be definitely, awesome. Definitely. Hey, when you're ready, these two people right here were on your side because that is so needed. Um, it is, and people. 
self-pay self-pay facilities should not look any different from Medicaid facilities or mm -hmm. state. Yeah, for yes. sure. I love like, it. That's my whole goal in life. Like Ashley has made such an impact on my life and just the whole social news community as a whole has made such a positive impact on my life. Did I see that there's a need? I mean, just especially like the past two or three years just trying to find somewhere for Ashley to live. It really opened my eyes to that there's really, I mean, we're not even like low income, we're middle income. And it's yeah. hard for us to find a house or, or find her somewhere to leave that's decent. I want to change that whole system and I and make it to where it's uh it's a place that they can them and their families can call home. Yes. Because like why can't they have a home? Why do they have to go to a hospital? There that's so insane to me. Mm -hmm. Allie, do you see yourself being um in the future, in the way into adulthood, do you think you will be Ashley's primary caregiver? And are you mentally and emotionally prepared to do that whenever that time comes? Um, so yes, um, my mom has already started filling out paperwork for whenever eventually the time it comes for my mom to pass away that I will be Ashley's primary caregiver. Um, I've always been told that I will be her primary caregiver. I, I mean. Were you ever asked or was it just kind of understood? It was kind of just understood. I mean, just from like, from when my parents got divorced, I've always been taking care of her since I was younger. So it was just kind of like, you know what? You've been given this role and you kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. No matter how I felt about it. And I mean, I wouldn't say like now going into adulthood and just coming to college and kind of having that freedom that I didn't really have in in, in high school and in middle school. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know if I'm like mentally ready yet, but I feel that when the time comes, I will be because it'll be my duty to take care of her. I don't feel like now, like, like if it were to happen tomorrow, like let's pray to God it doesn't happen tomorrow, but if it were, I don't think I'd be ready. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what my life is going to be and what I'm going to try to do to improve the world. I mean, everyone goes, I mean, everyone wants to improve the world, but I mean, like I have a clear vision of what I really want to do to, to help people. And, but I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out life just like everybody else. Um, but I do feel that if the time comes and when the time comes, um, I don't think I'll be happy about it, but you know what? She's my sister. Yep. She's my family. Mm -hmm. I, I have to, there, who else will do it? No one else will do it. So it will have to be me. So. Well, Ali, um, you, you may be an introvert, but I can tell you that you are loud and passionate and on fire when it gets to talking about your sister. And I love that. And everybody sees that. And like, you light up, you don't know that. And I'm just watching you on the screen and I see you light up and especially when it comes to advocating for her and her future and her adulthood. Mm -hmm. So keep that up. You are gonna do huge things. You are gonna have a tremendous impact. Not only right now you're having an impact for anyone around you that's at college and they're seeing your maturity, they're seeing you you know, go, go after what you want. When you get out of college, you're gonna have a huge impact. And like Amy said, we're gonna be right here <laughs> wanting to partner up with you. We're in. Because we need, we need somebody like you to take charge and, uh, and we want to get behind that and we'll rally the troops. We'll help you find other people and you're going to do huge things. So thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your passion. And um, I know that you just 
fired up a lot of people that that heard your story. Thank you guys so much. Like, I mean, I I don't really hear that a lot from people because I mean, um, I don't know people like I got my ideas. I've definitely got my ideas shot down by people. They're like, it's never gonna work. You're not gonna ever make money from it. But I mean, just just hearing you guys, and I mean, you guys can we can all relate because we do have someone with, with special needs. But it just it touched my heart to hear someone say that like all my hard work is gonna pay off in the end, and that it's um, me sacrificing a lot of my time to take care of my sister is gonna is gonna change the world. Like I just I I'm like really honored and touched to hear that from you guys. Oh, you're Good. so sweet. That's awesome. Well, put those school books down and go watch some Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all love that interview? I We loved talking to Allie. Um, I can't wait to see what she's gonna do in the future. She's on fire. Remember, this is just a short portion, so go and check out our YouTube channel so that you can see the full interview. Um, there is a link to that in our show notes. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and come back and see us next week. Bye.